What's up, nerds and nerdettes? You have entered the Fortress of Nerditude. Welcome to another episode of 30 Nerdy Podcast. I am your host, the Duke of Nerds, the Sweet Tea of the Nerdy South, the Professor of Theoretical Nerdical Physics, Tyler Mack. And joined, of course, by my co-host, the Podfather of 30 and Nerdy, the Doctor of Nerdonomics, the guy who's out to make Earth nerd again, the juice is loose, people. He's been freshly squeezed. He is afraid of ghosts. Dr. Davis. What's up, Doc? I ain't scared of no ghosts. That's a double negative. Which means you are scared Which of Which means ghosts. you are scared of ghosts. So, thank you for tuning in to the show. If you are here for the first time, um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all things 30 and Nerdy Podcast. And welcome to the club. Yeah. Yeah, welcome to the club. If you are returning, thank you for coming back. Thank you for coming back to the club. Yeah, hope you didn't talk about it, because the first rule of Nerd Club is you don't talk about Nerd Club. And the second rule is, that's not a real that's rule. That's not a real <laughs> Tell everyone about Nerd Club. <laughs> don't forget to drop a five-star rating and review, or as our dear Emma likes to say... Five stars! We love, we love that. Sure do. We do. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, we got a new review uh, oh. from from Mr. Buck Allen. <laughs> You'll have to go read it. Um, I'll I'll post about I'll post it. I usually I tend to post our reviews, but uh, I'll get on that. Uh, and so please uh, t- take a page out of Buck's book and uh, give a five star review Buck's there. Buck's book. That's a book you want to read for sure. Yeah, it is Buck's book. Uh, and we love to hear from people. We do. Uh, the past few episodes, and including this one, we got feedback again from people from the Nerdiverse, from from Twitter and stuff like that. So uh, we've enjoyed that. I hope it doesn't just die down because Ghostbusters is ending now for us. Our Ghostbusters month has is coming to an end. Uh, keep sending in things, whether it's agreements with us disagreements questions theories stuff like that this guy that i'm looking at right here could do a whole separate podcast series just on ghostbusters i think i could i really really believe that. i could he has been so dedicated don't to this. tempt me so, <laughs> don't tempt me for he has been so dedicated and so enthused about this and he has had so much fun with it so i'm a little sad that it's ending uh. but you know, moving on to Christmas. other things. Christmas times are coming. And, you know, it's hard to believe. This marks the end of year three. Mm-hmm. Season three Season is, three is to about say. to end, and I think we're ending it on a good note. Oh, for sure. Uh, our finale, we are 100%. very excited about the finale. Very excited. Yeah. And I'm excited about things coming next year. We might dive back into Star Wars again. Yes. Finally, you know. Yes. So uh, that elusive Scott Pilgrim episode might actually happen. Yeah, a music episode. <laughs> yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, lots of things on the horizon. Yes. Yes. I think. Uh, so uh, tune in, kids. Tune in. Tune in. To season four. So, how's life, man? How's work? Life is great. Work is great. Good. Uh, I got probably the best job in the world, man. You know, yeah, I really feel like that most days. You do have a great job, <clears throat> um, and those kids just really uh, make the day a lot of fun. They are <laughs> really entertaining yeah. kids. I mean, just they're a hoot. So I love it. You said that Buck's son was in the show. <laughs> yeah, and I, I started to think 
Which one was he? <laughs> Without saying his name, what character was he? His character name? Yeah. Jeff. Okay. Do you remember which one Jeff was? The dumb one. No. No. Not the captain. No. The magic tricks. Oh, so that's the Buck's son. Hat and he had the cape. And he I like that. And he popped out of the treasure chest at the end. Okay, yeah. yeah. Great kid. He is a great kid. He, he looked like he had a, a lot of fun. He did. That's all you want. He did. He did a great job. That's all you want. Um, so work's been nice. Um, it's been all right. You know, it's it's kind of that Thanksgiving, Black Friday. The weekend's over. Cyber Monday's over. So this is a little bit of a lull. It's crazy to me that you had to work on Thanksgiving hmm. at a, a distillery. I mean, people We're busy. We were balls to the wall busy. From like ten thirty till we finally closed the doors at five thirty, I mean, saying we want to go see our families. Are these like tourists? Like tourists, like tourists locals? On Thanksgiving yeah, or? a lot of tourists. You'd be surprised, man. I mean, I remember when I was doing theater up there, we'd have two to three shows on Christmas. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Yeah, I remember one Christmas, my first Christmas at Murder Mystery. I got up, opened gifts with my parents, and then my butt was. Driving in the snow to Pigeon Forge to do two shows bummer. on Christmas Day. Big bummer. Big bummer. Yeah, yeah. That town doesn't sleep. It doesn't. Dollywood is closed on Christmas. Yeah. Though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Dollywood's closed on Mondays and Tuesdays right now. <laughs> like they're only in what they consider peak. Do they can open five days, seven days a week? Other we've than got, that, we've got season passes. Yeah. Other than that, it's like two or three days out of the week. They're like, we're not even open in the park. But no, the only day we, we officially close is Christmas Day. But since I work Thanksgiving, I don't have to work Christmas Eve. Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, that's a good trade off. And we got a holiday pay. So Nice. Extra, extra you work money. for some good people, yeah. I think. And they're great people. Like Brian made a ham, like baked an entire ham using our salted caramel as glaze. This mac and cheese casserole. We had cupcakes. People brought in stuff. That's that's the way it should it's be. It's fun. Like, take it's, Take care of your people, yeah. man, and make it a fun place to work, a place where you feel appreciated Absolutely. and valued, and like that's how you keep people. Absolutely, that's, how that's exactly be, how you, you know? keep people. When people complaining, like you know, nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to work for those companies that are saying nobody wants to work. Um, but our crew, man, we're all happy. We, you know, we enjoy our manager Brian. Uh, we enjoy the owners. We enjoy the com- as a company. We we. Swear by our products for a reason. I mean, if I didn't like it, I'm not going to talk about it. But, like, because I'll be the first to say, like, I don't think we have a bad product. But, like, I hate peach, anything. Gum, candy, alcohol, soda, peach, just disgusting to me. But it's a still a good product. So I'll sell you the peach, despite the fact that I hate the flavor of peach. And I think that that says a lot. That even if we don't like the taste of something... We can easily say, oh, it's still made with love, and it's still a quality product. Right. Um, but, yes, yeah, great company to work for. Um, you know, uh, we I got to do a little thing. Uh, I don't know if you've tuned in to the Encore Giving Day, any. Um, yes, a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. did a, a small acoustic version of I'll Cover You Reprise that uh, um, I um, did for rent? it. Yes, from Rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they aired those all day. Um it was. It went great. Uh, Encore has a home. 
I don't know if you saw that announcement. I did. And it's close by to you. Yeah. Very close to you. Might be making some appearances I wonder if that's kismet talking. I wonder if things are meant to be. Kismet it could be, my friend. It could be. Uh, So, yeah, everyone who performed for it, um, very talented people. It was great. Uh, Everyone gave. You know, the... Uh, from the way it sounds, uh, things went really well. They announced their season. So seems like it's going to be a pretty big season to jump back into theater for the surrounding area. They're doing Bright Star, which is the Steve Martin show. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter and the Starcatcher, yeah, which is a prequel. I'm excited about that. It's, it's basically the story of how Peter Pan and Captain Hook and everybody came to be who they who they are and who we know them to be in Peter Pan. Huh. Yeah. And Moon Over, uh, Moon Over Buffalo, which I'm really excited about. It's, it's funny. Farce, yeah. It's a comedy. It's a farce. Um, and just some good shows, man. Um, great shows for young stars, for like yeah. young adults. Doing some and, Narnia and the Addams yeah. Family. Yeah. I know we both don't really like the Addams Family as a show, mm-hmm. but there are some talent in Morristown that can pull, that will be able to pull the yeah, show off. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I'm excited to say that we're. I'm going to see one of our favorites um, next week. Uh, in her show in Jonesboro, Hannah Grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, get Holiday to go. Inn. Holiday Inn. Uh, had never heard of it. Yeah, it's like a, an old movie musical, mm-hmm. I think. <clears throat> well, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see a new world of theater outside of ours mm-hmm. and get to see Hannah Grace. Yeah, and I've been to that, that little theater before. It's a nice little theater. A friend of mine, uh, John, he uh, he was uh, he was in Rent with me. He was Cultural. He was Cultural. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he did... The last five years there, mm. which is a two-person show, really good show, really good stuff, and he was amazing. He was well, he naturally. Was uh, he was so also Angelas, wasn't he? He was. <sighs> and Les Mis. Jealous. Yeah. Collins and Les Mis. The guy um, who played Kouferak mm-hmm. in Les Mis, which was the part I played, his name is Fa Free or something like that, mm-hmm. he's in Hawkeye. <sighs> Really? In a fairly prominent role. And he and I communicated on Twitter uh, a few years ago. So You need to reach out to him. Hey, remember that time that we tweeted? We, we tweeted. We made a connection, man. We made a connection. Yeah. Come I told him show. I was opening the show and I was playing Kufarak and uh, he uh, said, break a leg. And then he put hashtag furniture because the kids build the barricade yeah. out of furniture. Yeah. So. Um, speaking of, now the most streamed show... On, t- on stream right now is Squid Wheel of Time. Game. Wheel of Time. Currently, not like total, but like oh, currently, okay. Wheel of Time is being streamed. Number one right now. Number one wow. right now. I still so, haven't started it. Again, congratulations. Have you watched it yet? I have not. Mom wants to watch it because, you know, Taylor's in it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. She wants all of us to try to watch it together. Okay, okay. He's been putting up a lot of... Uh, social posts of his character, and he looks badass, man. <laughs> well, we need to uh, we need to get that started so we can talk yeah. about it on here. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. And then hopefully we can get him on here sometime. Yes. So. Yeah, uh, but life. Uh, so speaking of like Black Friday and Cyber Monday, did you experience any issues with Spider Monday? I didn't. You didn't? No. Because there I was a no lot problem. of horror stories. I've heard. Yeah, I had no problem at all. Good, yeah. good. But the, the for the first time in years, the entirety of the bad company, girls included, are taking Chattanooga, and we're going to go see Spider-Man. 
uh, Sweet Home, Alabama, whatever it's called. <laughs> Spider-Man, Home Sweet Home. Uh, no Way Home. No Way Home. Oh, God. Um, Come on, man. <laughs> um, we're all six going to get to finally get together again, which we haven't done this in the ca- since the cabin. Years ago. Uh, years ago. Literally like year one of dating Madison. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> uh, that's how she met Peyton and Logan. Yep. <laughs> and so we're all going to go see it in Chattanooga. It's the halfway point for Peyton and Logan and beyond exciting. In 24 hours, it is now the under end game, the second highest under end game ticket sales in 24 hours. Now, end game, I had a really hard time. Mm. And we got tickets at the same for the same theater and everything uh, that we're going to be going to for Spider Man. This man, uh, my kids were doing their their projects. I sat down on my computer, went right to it, went right to Fandango and got them tickets. Got them tickets, uh, no problem at all. So, uh, in game, in the first twenty four hours, it was like twenty four five, twenty five million. And this one's at twenty two, twenty one. People are like, sorry, twenty forty. My bad, wrong numbers. Forty-four million in the first twenty-four hours for Endgame, and forty-two, I believe, for this one. I've heard that people are like scalping their tickets. Dude, the highest, the highest right now is someone's selling their Amazon their tickets on Amazon for twenty-five grand. That's ridiculous. That's so for a two-hour movie. For not just a movie, a movie that if you even have to wait a week, you'll still get to see it. Yeah. Don't pay 25 freaking grand for Spider-Man That's No Way silly. Home tickets. One of my uh, students says that he sold his extra ticket for $200. I don't know that that's true. Because I'm pretty sure tickets are still available now. I got an email yeah. today about it. So, yeah. come on, man. Not every seat in every theater across the country is sold right yeah. now. And I got six at a time, like, several hours after they started releasing them. So, I don't understand what all the hubbub's about. Yeah. Everybody's going to get to see Spider-Man. Calm yeah. down. It's not going anywhere Sit for down a there, Larry. couple months. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you. Uh, but I'm excited, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we got a lot coming up. We've got Spider-Man No Way Home coming up. We're doing the day one pay-per-view, mm-hmm. which is going to be literally day one of 2022. January 1st. I'm, you know, which this is their to, to traveling to Atlanta on... New Year's Day, going through the city. I think traffic oh, no. is going to be a nightmare. But We're going to have to leave decently to, early. Yeah, maybe find back it. roads. Maybe go back through uh, Turtle Town. Turtle Town. <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, but we told that story. Uh, we, went, we went on a trip somewhere, like to a cabin, and we decided... Blue Mountain, uh, Georgia was where the cabin did, was. Did we decide to take that way, or did no. we just take it GPS just took us all... Because there was tons of traffic on the interstate. So your GPS took us the next fastest, less trafficy route, and we go through this area called Turtle Town. It literally looked like something where Rick Grimes woke up. Yeah, it looked like where like the hills have eyes or something. Like we drove through this place, there's Texas Chainsaw Massacre Town there, and there was this one girl jumping on a trampoline in her yard. No parents. Just jumping and just looking out at the yeah. road at us, and I was like, "We got to get out." We've got to go. <laughs> We've got to go. 
Uh, we have a meeting we have to be hard at. Pass hard pass on, on Turtle Hard time. no. And there was like a little building that had a sign on it that said something about it was a college or something. Be, your room's, it, the, it was the like, fortress is bigger than this building. It was like somebody's she shed and they put yeah. a sign on it that said it was the Turtle Town College. Yeah. It was like, wow. Yeah. An abandoned elementary school. Which oh, yeah. It had vines haunting. growing out of it and everything. Terrifying. Crazy. If you go in a group. Definitely don't go alone, but if you live nearby, check Turtletown out. And maybe Turtletown is just a town that disappears. It just It's not on any map. You can't get to it unless it wants you to see it. Imagine that. That's a, that's a movie right there. In, in some places in Turtletown, they have pictures of uh, the tyrants from Carpathia. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they have this painting in the college. I don't know how it fits. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was. I was. I'm excited, man. We've got a lot of stuff, fun yeah, stuff coming times. up, and you know, we've got season four around the corner. We've got our finale coming up. We've got wrestling stuff. We've got movies to watch. You know, I mean, despite the the, the announcement of a new variant called Unicorn or whatever it's called. Um, Omni, Omnicron. Yeah, Omnicron. It sounds like a the Decepticon. You know, yeah. like. This virus turns into a Decepticon. <laughs> um, things are picking up. Yeah. A lot of the great things are happening. So many good things. Um, so last time we talked about Ghostbusters 2. Um, not received as well. We don't get it. We don't get the reverse hype of Ghostbusters 2. Obviously, as we discussed in the last episode, it's never going to be the first one. But still, it made good money for I, 1989. I quite enjoyed this. And I enjoy it. Too. Exactly. Um, but this time, however, we are kind of combining. It's the finale of Ghostbusters Month. Uh, so we, and, and to, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. We are uh, giving some, some air time to the 2016 Ghostbusters reboot. Uh, now, this movie came off of... The failed third Ghostbusters. Bill wouldn't come back. Um, Ernie had passed. and No, not Ernie. Not Ernie, sorry. Uh, um, Ramus had passed, and, you know, there was still kind of a bad taste after two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with Ramus gone and Bill just like, dude, you know, I don't want to do it because, you know... They just don't want another one. The audience just doesn't want it. Actually, we did, <laughs> Bill. We did. Um, and, and that's what, what kills me about, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this talking about when we talk about 2016s. Um, so even though it didn't do well, quote unquote, in the box office, even though it still made pretty good money, you know, but Columbia didn't see it as successful. Um, I'm, there were still plenty of us that would have. Uh, I what I was barely a baby when it hit theaters, but going back and watching it as many times as I did, I would have taken a third one with yeah. that cast. Yeah, in a heartbeat, I'd have yep. taken a third one. Mm-hmm. Um, there were still tons of stories you could have told with the Ghostbusters, but because of that, uh, you know, we uh, we got the reboot. So Sony purchased Columbia and all of their rights that came with Columbia 
and Sony said, well, we're going to reboot this franchise. And it's 2016. It was already a bad year for a lot of people. Um, a rough year. And a year to make a statement. Yeah, sure, sure. I believe. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into that. But before we get into Ghostbusters, I did chalk down a few nerd words that were used in the movie Ghostbusters answer the call. Okay. Uh, theoretical particle physics, <clears throat> which is what Aaron and Abby do. Okay. Aaron used to do. Abby, uh, or Aaron does at her Columbia College. Theoretical particle physics is the development of models for describing fundamental particles and their interactions. This includes testing and refining and prevailing theory, the standard model. Theoretical particle physics can also include developing the computation tools required to analyze vast quantities of data produced from particle collider experiments. Now, a particle collider has been used multiple in a lot of different outlets. Um, particle, do you remember the Disney Channel original movie Genius? I do. Remember the particle accelerator, particle collider cracks and anti-gravity? And they're like floating in the lab. Mm -hmm. The particle accelerator. We've also seen particle accelerators in The Flash. Right. When the, when the particles collide, it creates yeah. an anomaly. Yeah. So particle physics and theoretical particle physics are used all over nerd culture in different forms. And this is what uh, Abby is studying and what Kristen Wiig's character is studying as well. Uh, so it, you know, like we had the boys who most of them were parapsychologists and, you know, dealing with psyche and all that. But this, in this movie, it's all about, it's a different kind of science. And I didn't have a problem with that. You know, there are hundreds of different branches of science and they're all very crazy. Um, like, have you ever heard of string theory? Yeah, of course. Ugh. And then there's, of course, the, the flea and the and Stranger Things, and he talks about the flea and the acrobat. Mm -hmm. There's so many theories, man. Mandela theory, uh, which I know is true. Um, Sometimes I wonder. I gotta say. I'm telling you, I watched Shazam as a kid. I watched Sinbad Shazam as a kid. I, did. I didn't watch it, but I felt like it was a thing. Yeah, exactly. So, the next nerd vocabulary word is quantum theory. Now, quantum theory, I actually talked a lot about with in our interview with Felix Holsaffel, the art author, which, Brant still has my book. I need that book back. It's a really good book. Catch 42. Okay. Um, he talks a lot about quantum theory. Quantum theory is the theoretical basis of modern physics that explains the nature and behavior of ma matter and energy on the atomic and subatomic level. The nature and behavior of matter and energy at that level is sometimes referred to as quantum mechanics or quantum physics. Organizations in several countries have de devoted significant resources to the development of quantum computing, which uses quantum theory to drastically improve computing capabilities beyond what is possible in today's computers. Huh. Quantum mechanics, quantum theory, quantum realm 
And this is we're why about to get a lot of quantum I work in the theater. The theater. We're about to get a lot of quantum talk in Marvel. We are. Yeah. So it's interesting that they talk Quantumania. about Quantum Mania. Jonathan? Uh, and the other one is APX shift. Uh, the shift in the pr- is this is a shift that happens in the presence of a paranormal entity that causes auditory fatigue, stress on your body, and your ears to pop and ring. So it's called the APX shift. Those are your three drastically difficult words. That's right. I dare you to use those words in your daily walk, nerds. I'll give you a dollar. If you <laughs> uh, so we are going to talk about Ghostbusters. Answer the call in a moment. Then after that, we are going to get into Afterlife. So in the timestamp under the episode, we will have marked where certain things are. So if you have not seen Afterlife, after Answer the Call, I would wait until you see Afterlife. So we're going to get into Answer the Call first, and all that will happen when 30 and Nerdy Podcast returns. 30 and Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 and Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. Hi, I'm Cody. And I'm Christian. And we're Nerds with Friends. Not just two nerds who have some friends. No, we're your hosts for the podcast, Nerds with Friends. We cover any topic that people can nerd out over, from TV, movies, and comics, to conventions, tabletop RPGs, and much more. Nerds with Friends comes out every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And of course, on our website, NerdsWithFriendsPodcast.com. Join us every week as we confess our nerdy confessions and talk about the latest in nerdy news. And remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee. Without Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the state of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, 
police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. Ghostbusters, answer the call, and um, let me start by saying I don't hate it as much as I did my first time seeing it. I saw it in theaters in 2016. Uh, I uh, went for an escape from reality. And kind of wanted to get back to reality. <laughs> 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 uh, I still have a large amount of issues with it, but which we will get into. Um, but the first and possibly the biggest is it's filmed in Boston. Okay. But it takes place in New York City. All the NYC stuff was B-roll. So the cast was never on set in New York and weren't involved in it and also NYC buildings were digitally put in the movie. I had no idea. Ghostbusters is as synonymous with New York as Lady Liberty and the Yankees for God's sake. How do you film a Ghostbusters movie that takes place in New York in Boston, Massachusetts? I know you don't watch you don't watch a lot of um, uh, uh, baseball, sports, no. stuff like that. Uh, one of the oldest, one of the oldest feuds in sports history is New York versus Boston, the Yankees versus the Red Sox. So that already is kind of like built into my dislike for this movie because. They're the they're a New York based paranormal team, and you're gonna film the freaking movie that's synonymous with New York in Boston. I mean, this is like a feud like Hatfield McCoy. New York and Boston yeah. is that kind of feud. Sure, sure. Um, so that was my immediate cause for the bad taste because I, I I was so happy that we watched a little bit of it last night. Me and Mom watched all of it together because I wanted her to see it, and Maddie watched some of it, and. I said, uh, I'll tell you one of my biggest, uh, and before I could even say I'll tell you one of my biggest pet peeves about this movie, she said, there's a lot of trees for it to be New York in the city. Is this is this filmed in New York? I said, no. Matter of fact, it's not. The architecture is even different. Like, that building at the beginning of the movie, 
the the haunted house that Gabe is leading a tour through. Mm -hmm. The architecture is not New York there. That's Bostonian architecture. That's Massachusetts North architecture. You can even see the difference in the architecture. You're getting real worked up. I am getting worked up. So, uh, sorry. Let's just start at the basics, okay? So, Ghostbusters, Answer the Call, which wasn't called Answer the Call until the credits. The first time they saw it, it wasn't initially on the marquee. It wasn't initially on the... Yeah, they Harley Quinned it. They changed yeah, it after the fact. they changed it after the fact. And I wonder why. Probably because of the hate. Probably. Well, they got... Let's be real here. Let's be fair. They got hate before the movie oh, came yeah. out. But I didn't hate it before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, they're rebooting. These are four very funny ladies. That I've seen on SNL. You also don't like reboots. I also don't like reboots. <laughs> um, so it was released on July 15th, 2016. <clears throat> Filmed in Boston and surrounding areas of Massachusetts. Tell us about the box office, Juice. All right. A budget is an estimated $144 million. You're kidding me. No. $144 million. That's more than twice Ghostbusters 2 and Afterlife's individual budgets. Opening weekend brought in $46 million here at home, um, and it grossed a total in its run $128.3 million, and a worldwide gross of $229 million. Not super great. Well, and, and the one thing I will give it is none of the Ghostbusters... None of them, and a lot, and no paranormal movies are shown in China or Japan. So you cut those numbers Go out. Supernatural, yeah. they're not down with Nothing that, supernatural yeah. will ever be shown in China or Japan. So you're already losing those numbers as a paranormal movie. Mm-hmm. But then you look at like, okay, well, the original two did just fine, not showing in China and Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, movies like the Conjuring franchise do just fine, not showing in China and Japan. So what? What happened? Um, we're go- we'll go through that. I think the number one thing that happened are the two things I'm about to tell you. And no offense to them. One, it was directed by Paul Feig. Director of many episodes of The Office. He did Spy, Bridesmaids, Heat, Parks and Rec, and of course, Freaks and Geeks. Great show. Nothing against any of those movies or shows. It's also written by Paul Feig and Katie Dippold, who pretty much worked anything Paul Feig was writing or directing on, she wrote on. So that automatically tells you the comedy that's going into this movie. It's linorama comedy. Yes. And <clears throat> while I think it worked from the years of 2007 to 2010, your thoughts? I have been I've been waiting. You, we saw, we, we, with, as we said, life and time, my original plan was we'd sit and watch it together and then record immediately. Life finds a way of interrupting plans. So you watched it and you watched the extended cut, which is what I've watched mostly. I saw the theatrical cut once and the rest has been. So, please. Uh, first time watching it. Um, 
I don't know if it's because we've been on such a Ghostbusters kick past several weeks, and so I'm just like all about it. I'm all into it. But I got to be honest, man. I actually really enjoyed it. I I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, I'm not someone who grew up watching Ghostbusters all the time. It wasn't one of my favorites, so I didn't have that personal like, uh, you know, I had no reason to be offended by it, you know, whatsoever. Yeah. But here's what I'll say about it. That being said, you said linearama. That's what it yeah. felt like. It was like to me, there were a lot of things that felt very forced with yeah. that. Like the comedy. The comedy was so forced. Mm -hmm. The lines were so forced. Uh, just nonstop, like, we have to be funny because we're the funny ladies. Like, constant funny, funny, funny. Yeah. Um, that it, it got old. Like, you know, you don't want to eat steak every single day of your life because eventually it's going to be like... Exactly. Oh, you know what I mean? So, uh, that was the thing. The references to the old movies. Fun. But again, very forced. How many times did we hear somebody pick up the phone and say, da da da, what do you want? Yeah. One time would have been plenty. And it should have been from. And it should have been from Annie Potts. Annie Potts. And we had that, right? Yeah. But then I heard it again a couple of more times. Yeah. The same way. Like, I, the, I think the last time I heard it when uh, Chris Hemsworth did, I was like, oh, you know. Yeah. That, that, was, that was a lot. Um,. Do you know what I call that comedy? No. Apatowism. My Judd Apatow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it comes from Judd Apatow, the terminology obviously, writer and producer of movies like uh, uh, Knocked Up, Forty Year Old Virgin, Bridesmaids, uh, Get Him to the Greek, Work Some on Superbad. I mean, great, great fun movies. Great fun movies from 2007 to 2010, 2011. But in 2016, I thought we were already out of that comedy, and and plus, Ghostbusters is not just a comedy. Line around, it's know, not like, just a comedy. It's there's action, there's horror, yeah. there's you know romance, all, all that stuff. Yeah, and you put an F word in Ghostbusters. Christian Wig says F, like oh, I you. I didn't catch to the it. person who says it's twenty one thousand dollars a month. Oh, she yeah. Goes, you put an F word in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like. I didn't even think about that. That's a no-no. That's like putting an F word in Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Uh, I'll say this. Kate McKinnon's character for me was like the best part. Best part. I love best part of the Kate McKinnon. Her and, her and Leslie, their lines, their actions stole, stole every scene. Especially Kate. Kate was phenomenal. She was the best part about the entire movie. I liked the effects. Uh, that big battle at the end in Times Square, I thought that was really cool. It was fun. I liked it. It was like the final battle in a video game. Yes. You know, you're leveled up, you've got all your new weapons, you're going to the city to fight the big boss, and a lot of that comes from the fact that uh, some of the writers were fans of the video game. They played the video game. Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, but that video game is of Ray and that crew. Yeah. But the whole like final battle in this in Times Square that happens in the video game, a lot of it is I didn't play the game. I I played some of it. Uh I enjoyed it. I just there were so many games coming out at the same time. I, I want to go back and play it. I do too. I've been looking for it. Yeah. 
Um, I was on G Game Pass for a little bit, but I don't know. Now that Sony owns them, I bet it's not. Probably not. Yeah. Which sucks. Um, so let's let's we've talked about the comedy. It's forced. It's linearama. It's apatowism, which I think causes it to suffer a little bit and kind of be monotonous. Exactly. It, just kind of like the mm -hmm. references to the to the original movies forced uh, and like in Afterlife, which you know we're gonna get to, like. Obviously, there were those things in, in Afterlife as yeah. well, but it was, like, just the right amount. And it was and there. just the right It way. was in the scene Not as like, opposed to... hey, here it is, smacking yeah. you in the face. Here yeah. it is. Here it is, Ghostbusters. Ha, 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 mm -hmm. ha. You know, that's what it felt like sometimes. Yeah. Well, and also, um, the way I look at it is it's the office writers and directors with SNL cast members. Yeah, yeah. And... For what it was, you know, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it, and I would certainly watch it again. Like yeah. there was nothing about it that I was like, "Oh my god, how dare they!" So, yeah, so I've definitely I've I've watched it a lot more recently, and not just because of recording uh, than I said I would. And yeah, you were all like dead set against it because uh -huh. I remember I said, "Oh, I've never seen it," and you said, "Don't." Yeah. But uh, don't. yeah, I don't feel that way about it. And I'm glad that you're sort of... Uh, I mean, yeah, bit. I mean, it's, you know, it's out of the four Ghostbuster movies that have been made, it's still at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, yeah. I don't hate it as much as I did because I, I'm i the one who finally had to tell myself, and I think you'll, you'll probably understand when I say this because I also said it to you, it's Earth 2's Ghostbusters. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Uh, so the story. What would you think of the story? I was okay. Yeah. Uh, the thing with the bad guy was hard to follow a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I d also had to watch it in like two or three different settings. It's yeah. really hard for me to just sit down and watch something in one go. Really, yeah. really hard. So I had to watch it in two or three goes. So I, I might have missed something with that. But uh, that that part, like, why was he so pissed off? Yeah. What was his deal? Why was he trying? He to make said he's happen? been bullied his whole life. Oh. Like. That's it? Yeah. So he's gonna unleash. Yeah. You know, all these ghosts and He's going to destroy the world. Okay. It's a reasonable re <laughs> yeah. reaction. because you've been bullied, you're going to destroy the entire planet. Jeez. The, f the fourth cataclysm. When the fourth cataclysm happens, working people like you will be the last to, to be led to the slaughter. Enjoy your final moments. <laughs> There's a... you. Did you ever get to meet Warren, my Uncle Warren? Yeah. He, <laughs> he used to have the saying, you have to bleep me this time. <laughs> okay, you have okay. to you have to bleep me. Okay. Attention, Tyler, editing this show. Bleep me. <laughs> Warren used to say, they'd show commercials about bullying and stuff. He'd go, "My God, teach your kids how to defend themselves and to not be ass." <laughs> <laughs> See, my dad used to say, uh, "If you're bullied at school, like physically." And you fight back, and you get sent home for fighting back. I won't punish you. Yeah. Because if what they else? if they I mean, punch first, I gotta be honest. Like I d <sighs> never mind. I shouldn't say this kind of thing publicly. It's just like that's a challenge when you're supposed to be a role model for kids, yeah. and you're supposed to tell kids what to do in situations and yeah. stuff. And they ask you questions about that, like, "What do I do?" 
you know, I'm afraid that this person's going to come hit me. What do I do? What do I do? It's like, what do you, you know, what do you say? So, I, yeah, I've heard that a lot. Well, I mean, to me, the story of this is ultimately um, empowerment. Uh, not just women empowerment, but empowerment. Underdogs. You know, underdogs. Um, we open with Kristen Wiig's character, Aaron, um, supposed to be getting tenure. And her boyfriend won't even kiss her in public. So she's powerless there. This friend of his that he introduces her to is just kind of a tool. Powerless there. Um. Uh, Powerless in getting the tenure because she can't be who she really is. She can't be herself. Powerless in even standing up to her friend Abby early on. Powerless in talking to Tywin Lannister, which that was when I remember being in the theater going, hmm, this guy's like a Shakespearean actor. Yeah, he's a big deal in Westeros, guys. Yeah, he's a big deal in Westeros. Um, I heard he died on the toilet. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just... I get that aspect. The empowerment aspect. And I, I love it. Um, you know, and, and it's about acceptance. And at the end of the day, and, and standing up for yourself. And, you know, anti-bullying. But at the same time, you know, not being stepped on by a bully. Um and standing up for the ones you love, you know, and what you believe in, and what you believe in, like that's ultimately what Aaron had to learn is, she stopped believing in this because people made fun of her. When Abby, the entire time, is like, "Who cares?" Like I will say the shoutouts because this comes at a time, 2016, um, and uh, if you know, you know. Uh, this comes at a time like 2016 where. Trolls were dominant on internet. And it didn't just have to be trolls as in political trolls. It could be like, uh, you know, I, um, what else was happening in 2016? Civil War? Was Civil War out? Um, I can't recall. I want to say it was. So, we, imagine, you know, Team Iron Man versus Team Cap. And someone says, oh, I'm I'm Team Cap. Well, then someone might get in the comments late at night hiding behind a, a computer screen as opposed to saying it, you know, instead of just saying, like, you know, I, this is why I disagree. Like, you and I would typically converse about this like, like this yeah. right now. But 2016 was, like, the beginning of, like, hiding behind a screen whether it be your political beliefs, your religious beliefs, your comic book beliefs, DC versus Marvel, whatever it is, you'd hide behind the screen in the comment section. And there were so many lines in this movie, especially the extended version, about you can't listen to people who are on a computer late at night. You can't read the comments. Those are the people who... Who were, care about those people. Those, But those are the same people who were... You know, given this movie, this movie crap. Before yeah, it even they even used a line out. from somebody online that the bitches won't catch no ghost or yeah. something like that. That's actually a troll's comment about the trailer, and so they put it in. You know, that when they 
were finishing filming and all that, they put stuff in the extended cut and all that that were really calling people out. Which works and was funny, but especially in the extended version, I thought it was done too much. Like they hinted about the skeptic, the famous skeptic that's a cameo, um, you know, being a skeptic and not listening to him, talking about people in the comments, talking about... It just felt like they were constantly saying, like, who cares what they do, blah, 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 they're haters, they're... You know, I get it, but, you know, in theater, especially in improv, um, we talk about the, the rule of three. You know, three times is fine. Don't do it a fourth or a fifth or a sixth. Don't keep going to it because it becomes less funny sure. over time. Um, and I feel like you've already hinted at that with the uh, fan service. Yeah. You know, like yeah it's forced. Yeah. It's too much. Okay, we get it. Um, so if it's part of the story, great. If you're putting it in the story multiple times, forcing it. And I feel like we're going to repeat that it felt forced. Yeah, like it taking a forced. jab once or twice. Yeah. Cool. Good cool. on you. Got but it. But yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Then you just turn into the people. Mm-hmm. You're saying it in a movie where they can't get to you. Um, so, And I agree with the Ghostbusters. You know, screw the haters. You know, whether it was in the movie or, you know, like I'm out of dis disagreed with some choices in the movie but I wasn't going to get on and be like this is the worst thing that's ever been done in 2016 because obviously it wasn't the worst thing that happened in 2016 Uh, but I think some of its saving grace was uh, you know the characters we got and we'll talk about the characters in a minute but the thing that I enjoyed the most about the story is actually the newer stuff we got whether it be new gadgets that we can now do in modern time that they wouldn't have done then. Mm-hmm. And I guess, but including, speaking of the gadgets, that also felt like a video game. Um, going to the back alley to test the new stuff. And to, we didn't get testing the new stuff in the originals. Just kind of like, well, I they mean, tested it when they needed in it the on field. the field. Yeah, they yeah. Need, they did it in the field, and like we didn't have multiple gadgets being created. And like, okay, here's so picture this as a video game level. Okay, you just finished something, and the character goes, "I got a new gadget for you to try." Here it is. Think of all the Arkham games. Whenever you got the new gadget, you'd get the spinny screen, and it would be that mul- that time that you opt opportunistically got to use it and this is where you create it and you know this is how you use it and now for like the next 10 minutes of the level that's the tool you need that's kind of how it felt it felt very like here's Holtzman saying like I've created some stuff we're going to practice it in the alleyway okay that felt very I didn't notice that it felt very much like you're back at home base of a video game trying out your new tools right to me um and maybe it's just part of me going like Okay, you know, they didn't have all these tools, and they didn't need all these tools. And I also felt like a lot of it was shown in the originals as opposed to said in this one. Like, they talk a lot of science. Abby and Aaron did. 
talked a lot of science mm -hmm. and it tried to explain away in dialogue and comical lines what's going on as opposed to just showing. Yeah. Um, which I think took away from some natural comedy that could have happened. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree because of just the, like, I, you saying linearama was like, that's the perfect sort of analogy, yeah. metaphor. I mean, those comedies still exist, boom, boom, but they're boom, definitely boom, boom, boom. not as prominent. Yeah, just in that setting, it just was yeah. not, like, it, it, I don't know. It made, it made it feel like the obstacle that was in front of them was a little less serious. It was a little less, you know, uh, intimidating because we're just, you know, cracking, we're all cracking jokes and being and funny yeah. about it, you know. Even the bad guys cracking jokes. Yeah, like, whereas in the originals, you know, maybe Bill Murray's got a funny thing here or there. Yeah. Other than that, it's yeah. like, all right, what do we got to do? Let's, you know. You know, I found in my notes going back, uh, uh, did, uh, did you know that I, I didn't even mention in the first episode? Okay. And it pisses me off that I didn't mention it because when I found it, I was so excited to talk about it. And I just skipped over it in my notes when we were talking about it. Uh, Ghostbusters 1 was the very first time that toast was used to mint dead. And Bill Murray used it. Wow. This chick is toast. It's the first time it's at, that word was ever used. And I found it in my notes. From the, I was like, wow, no, 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 no. When I was working on this, I was like, no, no I was excited wow. about that one. Okay. So, yeah, this chick is toast. It was the first time it had ever been used as we're going to kill That's this person. unbelievable. And it was Bill Murray. <laughs> uh, and improv. What a legacy. I know. He gave us toast to mean dead. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the characters. Um, you know, you've got your four main women. You know, you've got McCarthy playing Abby. You have uh, Holtzman played by Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. And you have... Aaron Gilberts, Kristen Wiig. Mm -hmm. And then Patty Tolan, Leslie Jones. Yes. And what I did like about it was that they didn't try to make it like, this is the Egon, this is the Venkman, you know, this yeah. is the... Sin like, even though, yeah, Kate McKinnon was the super, super brainiac. Even had was, the high hair. She was quirky, she was weird. Yeah. She wasn't the same kind of weird as Egon. And the the best... <laughs> Can't believe you're eating Pringles at a time like this. Why don't you pop? Yeah, like she, she was funny and she cracked jokes and she was sarcastic. Yeah, and, you know, that's but she not, definitely was the ego, uh, yeah. the hair, the the nerdy scientist, and obviously this is going to sound very stereotypical, but Leslie was. You the, had the black guy. You yeah. had the the chubby guy. Yeah. You know, the, but like Kristen Wiig and Bill Murray's characters weren't similar at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. She was more like Tina Belcher or something. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's very true. Very awkward. Uh, the characters were good uh, for what it needed to be. Um, when the characters were able to be just the characters as opposed to the lines they're saying. Like, uh, again, the forceful lines. But, like, in the heat of the moment when, like, um, some of the things that I will say that I liked that I believe... Um, I believe that I believe Holtzman. That's a character I believe. 
I believe that Kate McKinnon was Holtzman. And I believe that Holtzman's line, whether it's Kate McKinnon's improv, whatever it is, was more authentic than, say, the dialogue that Aaron and Abby had to do. Kate, as we said, I mean, she was Holtzman. And everything she said, everything she did, felt more real to me than the other dialogue that the other two were doing. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say, I feel that way about most of Kristen Wiig. Whether it's Bridesmaids or... I feel like oh, she's just... I didn't just, feel that way about her in uh, Wonder Woman at all. I felt like... I, I mean, I've she's only pretty seen good it in Wonder time, Woman. But, but I just feel that. like... Because I know what you're talking just about. Insincere, maybe? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Her performances are yeah. insincere. Um, but granted, this was 2016. She was still the Kristen Wiig of SNL, pretty much. I believe She's so. come a long way. You know, so she was better in Wonder Woman. But, again, SNL cast members being SNL cast members. And we got uh, our boy Chris Hemsworth as the receptionist, Kevin. You want me to tell you about Chris Hemsworth? This was his audition for Ragnarok. This was him saying, I can, I can be do funny. Comedy. Yeah. Either this was him saying he can do it, or Marvel sent him to do this movie to say, go learn to be funny from these women. Because <laughs> Ragnarok's going to be funny, mm-hmm. and we need you to be funny. And the only improv that he was able to do was because he was so intimidated. Um the Mike Hat stuff. That was him improving. <laughs> Can I bring my cat? And because uh, it's, oh, it's a dog. loosely based off of a joke. Yeah. A very dirty joke. Yeah. And he just started saying it, and they were like, and McCarthy just went through. She went, No, I'm definitely allergic to cats. He goes, No, oh, I don't have a cat. That was actually him doing some improv- improvisation. I happen to also really enjoy him being possessed and doing the whole flash mob thing with all the yes, people. Yes, that one was that part was really fun. I liked that. That was really fun, and just hit like I loved like oh we didn't order a Clark Kent stripogram, and he's Thor, Clark Kent. Oh, because of the glasses, the glasses. and the, the incredible physique. <laughs> um, he was good in it. He brought a you know. That was the first time we saw Chris Hemsworth be funny. Other than that, nobody... I mean, Andy Garcia as the mayor, but that was a pretty small part. Andy Garcia was in a completely different movie. <laughs> if you go back and watch him, he's not in Ghostbusters. He's, like, portraying a totally different movie going on right now. He's just in his own little thing, doing his own... I mean, And the moment where she's like, don't be like the mayor in Jaws, he's like, don't you ever... Don't ever compare me to the mayor of Jaws. That guy was an idiot. <laughs> Uh, my girl Cecily Strong was like his assistant or something like that. She was like the uh, the EPA guy. No, the, the uh, in the second one. Oh, uh, mayor's yeah, assistant. Yeah. She was I Kurt love, Fuller's character. Love Cecily Strong though. My girl from SNL. I hope she has a successful post SNL career. Did she leave the show? No, I just oh, I, I really do because you know she did Weekend Update for a while and now she's back to. Being full cast member. Cast member. I haven't watched much lately. Um, she's still good. She's funny. Um, I like Cecily Strong, especially when she does the part on Weekend Update when she comes in as the teen at every party mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Wait, what, Seth? <laughs> when she would do that, she hasn't done it with Colin and them. But God, she's very funny. She's very funny, and she's good in this part. 
She's very funny. And she's also super good looking. Yeah, exactly. Which doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. But mostly funny. Um, you know, and we also get uh, the cameos. I happen to really enjoy all the cameos. Okay. Ex- but I'll, I'll say this. I think the Ernie Hudson one was my favorite. Thank one. you. Yeah, it's the best cameo. The best it's the biggest payoff cameo. And I'll say that Bill Murray's was my least favorite. Mine too. Nice. I don't know. Let me ask you. Okay, so we get all the cameos of everyone we can. We even get an Ernie, an, a, a, a Ramus cameo. In the beginning, he's a bust at Columbia. Oh. Like he was a former teacher at Columbia, and okay. there's a Harold Ramus bust. When Tywin Lannister's, uh, you're, is this what you're wearing? And she says, too sexy. And he goes, mm, not the word I was looking for. And he walks away. There's this big golden bust of Harold. Okay. A former teacher at Columbia University, which which he he, he got, was okay, yeah. Um, uh, I missed that. So that was his cameo. And of course, we got Bill Murray playing the skeptic. We just didn't get any Rick Moranis. No, no, no. Um, we get Annie Potts playing the hotel clerk, which is funny. What do you want? Um, the cabbie that Dan Aykroyd plays. I got an interesting question. I didn't write it down, but uh, somebody at work, I was talking about what we were going to record tonight, and they said, I have a question about one of the cameos. I said, what? And they said, do you think Dan Aykroyd's cabbie was racist? I went, what? Do you think he was racist? I went, when did he have time to be racist? You know, he delivers the whole line about, I don't go to Chinatown. I was like, what? And he's like, he says, three things, lady. I, I don't go to Chinatown. I don't some, pick up crazies, and I ain't afraid of no ghosts. And he's like, I, I think he was just saying Chinatown's dangerous at night. Maybe it's too far. Maybe it's too far. I mean, I was like, no, I think you're uh, I think you're looking a little into this. It's too far from the Lower East Side, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. The upper upper, the lower upper. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we have him as the cabbie, and we have... Ernie just pop up as the uncle. She's been talking. It's, that's why Jenkins. I say. That's why I say the bit, the biggest payoff because she's been talking about her uncle this entire yeah, time, exactly. who owns a funeral they service. They planted the seed. They planted the seed, and you're man. Like, my uncle's gonna be pissed. <laughs> my uncle got a car. We can, and he he comes in at the end. He's like, "Where's the car?" And it's it's so well planted. Loved it. It was the the longest play for the cameos, and then. In the mid credits, like the credits they're doing at the end, we get Sigourney's cameo. Notice that in both of the Ghostbusters movies, she's in like the post, yeah, like movie things, like, like the a mid-credits, let's keep her hidden. That and they can't afford her for very long because she's the biggest star of all of them. Yes, she is. I mean, she is. She really is. So, you know, no offense to Bill and them, but Sigourney Weaver is the star. Kind of a big deal. She killed aliens, she and did. dug and got a bunch of kids to dig holes. And she did the voice of herself as the PA uh, at the Marine Life Institute in Finding Dory. Huh. Which is probably at the top of the list. Yeah. Well, it's Disney. Boom. Boom. Imagine the check she got just to do that. Oh, I'd say they were (laughs) substantial. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
So the cameos are great. I think the cameos made the movie. Yeah. I thought. Um, so I learned a little bit more behind Bill's cameo. Initially, Murray's cameo was supposed to be bigger. And he basically looked at him and said, you've got me for two days. Do with that. Wasn't he also a producer? He was. And he's like, do with that what you will. And so they com- they killed it off, killed him off. They're just like, all right, we'll have a ghost of him through the window. <laughs> and I don't think he died. Because nobody got arrested. Like, if he were dead after being thrown out that window... Well, maybe Don't they, you think they would have, like, brought them in for questioning and, like, dude, someone di- got thrown out the window and you're the only four in the room. So, you're coming downtown. Uh, another cameo we didn't mention, Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> uh, Michael McDonald. Oh, my gosh. That is the funniest moment of the movie is his scream. And I don't know why it's so funny to me when every time he does that that scream, and I know it's not him, I giggle, like, insanely. Toby Huss was in it. I thought I recognized him. So Toby Huss was the voice of uh, Cotton Hill on King of the Hill. And Khan Sobunusen phone. Yeah. Who did he play? He was like a police officer. Oh, he's a, who threw him out the window? Uh, that might have been. Yeah. Who threw him out the window? That's him. And uh, we also got. Um, Katie Dippold, uh, one of the writers, plays a rental agent. She's the one who she cusses out. She's like, what's the rent? 21000 a month. You. Uh, okay. That's the writer, Katie Dippold. And we also got cameos from. Uh, the, one, the thing I remember most in his role models, he's like the right hand of Ken Jong's character. <laughs> He plays one of the, the mustache home, guy. Yeah, home homeland security guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he and I understand, but the other guy is a well-trained, serious actor, and he's in this movie. The other guy. Yes, he is uh, like a highly trained actor. That guy is no longer living. No, he's not. Michael Williams. Michael Williams passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, yeah, anything Michael Williams is in. Typically, it's not comedy. It's serious. He does so well. He steals the show, whether he's just a small bit thug in a in a crime or he's the lead guy in an action movie. He steals the show. And uh, rest in peace, Michael Williams, for that. Um, I, I, but I feel like the cameos also hurt them. Because you also had Tywin Lannister playing the Dean. You had the uh, the new dean at Abbey's College, who's a comedian and funny and pretty well known. Um, I, because th- Ghostbusters didn't do cameos. You know, it's just they were just actors. But do you feel like were cameos really a, a, as much of a thing back then? Well, they probably weren't called cameos, because I would consider Ghostbusters too. Um. Brian Doyle Murray was a cameo. Well, that's true. And uh, uh, Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin was a cameo. True. That's true. And just, but it, they were character actors. They weren't cameos. But like this, this is also, it's different though, man, because this is an established franchise. You know that they're rebooting. It's different, like than oh, hey, here's this movie that we're just putting out. Let's put a bunch of cameos in it, even though nobody knows what it is, and they won't be special or mean anything. Yeah. You know. And I get it, and I I would imagine that it's 
Brian Bumgartner, forgot about him. Oh, yeah, Kevin was in it. I just came down to get some ice. Uh, that was a big cameo. But Paul Feig and him are like best friends. Um, so, I guess it's just, was it cameos for the sake of cameos? Was it like, who can we get to just pop into a scene? Or do you think it was more like, they're doing a Ghostbusters movie? Give me something to do in the movie. I think it was probably, hey, this is someone we're connected to. Let's put him in there. Let's put him in the movie. That's what I think. Which can be a good, or it can be bad. It just depends. Sometimes I felt like the cameos were a little much. Um, speaking of, uh, some of the diff- li- different lines that I can remember vaguely. Um, Ozzy's line in the theatrical cut is different. In the theatrical cut, he said, Sharon, I'm having flashbacks again. But I like this one better. Like Seventh did that in 78. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Wankers. I was trying to remember what it was that he said. I mean, it was like a little one-liner, and then he yeah. was out. Yeah. Funny. I bet, I will venture to say that... All the cameos of the original Ghostbusters cast got paid more than his 10 seconds. Probably. Like, I bet Annie Potts and her 10 seconds got more money than Ozzy did in his. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine so, too. Yeah. But he was just like, okay. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Did he do, uh, did he do a, a song or anything for it? I, I, no. Soundtrack. No. Uh, Fallout Boy did a uh, the cover of the song. Yeah, you know how many versions of this song is on the album? Five. Jeez. Counting Ray Parker's. Pentatonics have a version on it. Fallout Boy, uh, featuring Missy Elliott, and then there's a a girl that kind of sounds like McKenna Grace for, or, uh, but it's not her. And the other version is, dance, dance in the moon, dance with the moon. I have no idea. Or uh, whoever, Shut Up and Dance With Me. Who sings Shut that? Up, dance, Those guys. They have a version too. Yeah, there's like five versions of the Dadgum theme on this album. And the they wrote an entire new theme called, like, Get Ghost or something. Uh, so there's technically six Ghostbusters themes on the album of this wow. Ghostbusters. Talk about overkill. And DMX. Is on the album. <laughs> this whole movie is overkill. Is overkill, overkill. exactly. Uh, but the action and the special effects were good. It's yes. The special effects, and, and I know how we feel about practical versus special effects. We prefer practical. And I do think the digital effects of this were a little excessive. Because, I mean, you're even digitally putting in New York. Yeah. That's a little excessive. Well, with a $200 million budget or whatever yeah. it was that they had. That's crazy. Know, that's, that's insane. But the action was great, especially in that final battle. Um, even down to, like, they had McCarthy and Leslie Jones actually doing, like, some hand-to-hand combat when she was possessed. Mm, yeah. Like, and, like, I was like, where did where did she get trained working for the MTA? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been to New York. The MTA are not hand-to-hand combat. She learned it on the streets. <laughs> but uh, the the final scenes, the actions, especially Kate McKinnon pulling out her dueling uh, proton pistols. 
licking it. Let's go. And just like, especially like to the score of the... All the fighting was cool. The new weapons being utilized was awesome. We forgot another cameo. State Puff. State Puff made a cameo as a float. Yep. And uh, all the uh, the the uh, haunted floats. The haunted floats. That was kind of a cool idea. It was. I liked that too. It was because you can't put State Puffed in it as. The so monster. what do you do? Yeah. And technically, if you watch the post-credit scene, the name Zool gets a cameo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But yeah, man. I mean, I don't have much more to say about it. I mean, if there are any things that. You know, still stick out to you. Uh, before we get to um, Afterlife, I did pull, as you said, some more of the Nerd Nation. And, well, <laughs> let's... Uh, buckle your seatbelts. Buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> um, Hops Geek News podcast said, The 2016's Ghostbusters should have every copy burnt. Metalcore Nerd said, I thought it was funny, Chris Hemsworth was funny, but it didn't need to be a Ghostbusters movie. So if you made the movie without the term Ghostbusters, if it was just a paranormal movie with comedians, it would work better as opposed ah, to having yeah. the title Ghostbusters attached to it. Could that, yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. That's a good point. The Rambling Geek said, I thought Chris Hemsworth was good in it. Digital Dissection Podcast says, It's a bad movie. It being called Ghostbusters is irrelevant. Don't be upset with the actors involved, but definitely hold somebody accountable for thinking that just making things funny is more important than cohesion. I would agree with that. I would. It's me, Mac East says, I did not like Chris Hemsworth. He brought solid energy, but his level of dumb was way too over the top. Yeah. The part about the glasses was funny. He scratches his eye through the glasses. She's like, why'd you take the frame out? Because uh, my eyes itch. And I can't scratch them with lenses, and they kept getting dirty. So, popped them out. <laughs> uh, so Wizard Podcast said, Ghostbusters 2016 is a, is a giant, wet fart of a movie. <laughs> After the internet burns down over it, the movie comes out, and it's still equally boring and unfunny. All discussion of it ends immediately. Jeez. I understood that reference podcast says 2016 is not even a movie, as it has no coherence narratively and zero character. The Tipsy Exchange podcast says the 2016 version was important for female representation, and it was very cute but it didn't fit into the franchise. Despite enjoying the film, I personally had no desire for a sequel. Well, most people didn't. Yeah. Um, I don't need a sequel. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> another cameo that we didn't talk about. I purposely didn't bring it up because it was Gabe. Oh, yeah. Gabe Ugh, from the office. From the office. Do you like being alone with me right now? <laughs> Aaron, I am going to win you back. The funniest thing Gabe did in the office with the Abe Lincoln thing. The I need her thing. like I need a hole in the head. Oh no, uh, I'm not Abe Lincoln. I'm I'm here with another tour group. Ha 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 ha. 
Oh. <laughs> I liked when he was Lady Gaga. Mm. Or whatever it was that he did. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. For Halloween. No need to screw corporate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's our discussion on the 2016 uh, Ghostbusters reboot. I uh, know that we're going to talk about Afterlife. Uh, not going to talk too in detail about it. Just we got to see it. We're going to talk a little bit about moments, thoughts. Impressions. S- impressions. So uh, this is the part where um, I was told to, to blatantly make a statement. Maddie, stop listening oh, now. Oh, bless your heart. You can listen to the rest when we, I get you to the theater to see Ghostbusters Afterlife. So this is the part where you stop until you've seen it. And we'll take a quick commercial break and be back for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Hey everybody, this is Nerd Bomber here, one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our weekly podcast started as a way for three friends to keep in touch and discuss their passion for movies, gaming, technology, and entertainment. And since then, we've grown into a fantastic online community. Every Wednesday, we release a new episode discussing the latest nerdy news, and then we go hands-on with our weekly adventures and a fun trivia show. Sound interesting? Check us out on every podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or hit us up at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com. Hey, nerds. This is Beth Crowley, and you're listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. month and two weeks i get to talk about ghostbusters afterlife how does it feel uh a relief but now it's gone you know like now everybody's seen it yeah and like for like you're not special anymore i'm not special anymore um because i don't know if any of y'all know this but (laughs) Uh, you've heard it enough. So, Ghostbusters Afterlife came back, came out, finally. Um, which I think that everyone would, most people would agree. Obviously, you have a lot of haters still. Um, that it was worth the wait. You know, it, it needed to be seen in theaters. I am extremely glad that it did not get sent to a stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, it's Sony, so it would probably be sent to what, The View? Sony View? Oh, that's not a thing anymore, I don't think. It's not even a thing, no, so where so. would Sony Ambient send it? Uh, they would exactly. Have picked something. Yeah, they would have had to shop it around. Mm-hmm. Um, so we finally got to see it. We did not get to go together. Um, however, I did take my older brother, who is a big reason why I became a Ghostbusters fan, him and my grandfather. Um, and I got to tell you, man, uh, we saw it in, I did not know this is what we were seeing it in, we went to Turkey Creek, and I'd never seen anything like it before. I just initially was like, it's a very narrow to the street. Did you see in 40X? It's a very narrow thing. Then all of a sudden, like, in one moment, these things popped up on the side, like parts of the movie. 
And I was like, Whoa, what is this? And it's like, I was like, I don't know, you're in a a tunnel? Or a box is what it feels like. And like, you're actually like, per, your peripherals are seeing the scene. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I guess that's 40X. That's 40X. That's what Kevin Smith's been talking about yes. this entire time. I'm going to see my second Spider-Man viewing will probably be that. I was just like uh, looking to, like, to the sides like, what is this? Not every scene was in. Was yeah, it in comes it. and goes. It comes and goes. And, but the scenes that were in it were, wow. Yeah. So cool. Um, but the first ten minutes of the movie, when you realize what's going on, um, who the character is in the opening. Yeah. Um, I heard beside me. And I just kind of looked over and I was like, yes. <laughs> Tears. Was like, that's exactly Victory. how I reacted. I was like, oh my God, it's Egon. And it's beautiful. The opening and realizing who that it was, like the guy they cast to be his, because that's a person. His, his double. As whatever. a double. Wow. Well, in the end, when, you know, he popped up and everything, Becky reacted like, I guess, right when they started scrolling down, or uh, panning down and you could see his hand on the gun. Mm-hmm. Becky was like, I'll react, and she figured it out. She knew what it was. But she commented on the fact that I didn't react until it actually showed his face. So she thought she figured it out before me. <laughs> but this was the first time that we saw him in the ghost form like like they do in Star Wars when yeah. they put Tarkin in yeah. Rogue One and they had Leia and all yeah. that stuff. Like, I wasn't expecting that. So my reaction was, oh, because I figured out we would, you know, that yeah. that was him. Um, but I thought it would just be, I don't know, all weird, weird effects on him, and you couldn't see him clearly and yeah. stuff. Maybe it'd just be the vapors or yeah. whatever. But very clear Egon, facial expressions, you know, yeah. it was perfect. It was, it was so perfect. Because that's, uh, I haven't read any, but I've heard of some hate that people didn't like that. They felt that that was... Uh, in poor taste. Even though he's no longer with us. Even though uh, the script was sent to Ivan from Jason, the script was then sent to Dan, to Bill, to Ernie, and to his family. His daughter read the mm-hmm. script and said, "Dad would love this. Absolutely, we approve." The Ramos family signed off and loved every second of it. And I think he would have loved it. Mm -hmm. I really do. Because initially, um, when it opens and you, you know, he busted Vince. Like he got Vince. Mm -hmm. And it's ironic that it's, well, it's not ironic. It's perfect because Vince was who he conferred with in the first movie. Rick Moranis possessed by Vince Clortho. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the one he busted and had trapped until uh, Gatekeeper, the other terror dog, showed up. And like the same way he he got Sigourney in the first movie, um, the Gatekeeper, that is, uh, did it to to Egon and he died. I think I missed something uh, at one point. When Paul Rudd was in Walmart 
and mm-hmm. the marshmallows came to life. Mm-hmm. What prompted that? What caused that? Because it's felt very out of nowhere. Um, the the same thing that prompted Muncher to be released is what Egon had built was working, but there were still like cracks. Still ways for them to, some spirits to get there. And after they visited it, after podcasting, um, Phoebe visited that site. It was like, it like it w- awoke it a little bit. It and disrupted and, it a little okay, bit. And, and he, uh, um, was still, I mean, Vince was still trapped at that time until they released, released him. And so it was just kind of like seeing through the cracks, like some of the, the spirit of Gozer, like the haunting of it could reach out kind of like, um, kind of like even before Voldemort's truly resurrected, he could still kind of speak. Sure. You know, um, there's also, uh, something like that in Supernatural where like before Lucifer's released, he can speak through the cracks, but he's not free. If he, if he gets a little strength, he can speak through the cracks to his disciples or whatever. Um, but, I pretty much predicted that, like, oh, the mom and, and, uh, Egon. no, uh, the oh, mom, the mom, the mom and Paul Rudd, they're going to, Mr. G- uh, Guberman, Guberman, yeah, Gruberson. Gary, Gary Gruberson, Gary Gruberson. um, it, that was pretty much like, oh, they're, they're going to, they're going to be the key master and gatekeeper. Yeah. I saw that coming yeah. and it's perfect. Um, I love the character of podcast. I liked him too. Because, especially like, you could tell when we were watching it at Comic Con who the podcasters were in the audience. Because he'd do little things like put the mic on and be like, she sits there, stoic, thinking about her past. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm creating ambiance. It's from a podcast. <laughs> and, uh, like, you heard like a select few, like Rich and me, and like some people are. Because, uh, 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 yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> um, and Phoebe, she's... McKenna Grace, man. McKenna Grace amazing. is tearing it up. Have you? I've, I'm sure I've talked about this before. Have you seen Gifted? No, not yet. OMG. Okay, her and Chris Evans are in this. He plays her uncle, and, and he takes care of her. And she's like, baby genius, okay? Same kind of deal. Dude, incredible. Jenny Slate's in it. Um, oh, uh, Octavia Spencer's in it. Ooh. Great movie, bro. You got to check. Actually, I think I've got it over here. I'm going to send it home with you. I still have Sonic juice. And you have The Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> and the two, two Hobbit and extendeds. And, you, know. you really got to stop letting me borrow things. We're going to bring stuff back. <laughs> um, but McKen- the characters are great. The new characters. And mm-hmm. Finn was in enough of it. Like, when you saw that Finn Wolfhard was cast, you immediately thought, oh, he's the focus. I uh, actually thought he was the star Mm -hmm. up until, you know, here recently. Yeah. Until I I, I saw it, really. And it's fine. 
It's great. He's a, he's the star that can do that though. Finn, mm-hmm. Finn Wolfhard is. Um, you couldn't do that with with like if it were the originals. Like none of the others, if this was solely about the original four, could take a back seat. The way that Finn can. Finn has the star power that's able to do it, and Finn Finn as that character could do it because he wasn't part of the main story. It was about Phoebe reconnecting with her grandfather. Um. But it was great. The the new characters they introduced with podcasts and Phoebe and Finn's character, Trevor and Lucky, the girl that he likes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's your new Ghostbusters. Your yeah. next generation right there. And the Slimer-esque character of Muncher. Um, I thought it was intriguing that, you know, we didn't mention it in talking about the 2016 because i really didn't that's one thing i really didn't like was um how they brought in slimer Mm -hmm. and that he was just different um going for a joyride more malicious Mm -hmm. more evil and which why i didn't say anything about it because i was like i didn't like that at all uh yeah i was indifferent like that is not slimer at all um it's funny that he came out of the hot dog cart but what he did after that was not Slimer. Yeah, he picked up her girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, he picked up a girlfriend and went joyriding the rest of the movie. <laughs> so it just it didn't work for me. But this character, like, of Muncher, like, we didn't necessarily need Slimer to come back in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had his three movies. We know he's he's in the show, the animated show. We know he's the unofficial, aside from State Puff, mascot of the Ghostbusters franchise. Well, we didn't talk about this either, uh, but how did you feel about them taking the the character from the, the logo and making that a character? That is Rowan. somewhat also out, out of the game. Oh, is it? Um, not initially the character. It's technically the state puff that that happens to in the game, but the way they did it with Rowan was very much like the video game. Gotcha. But I didn't hate that. Okay. You know, I mean, it's the icon. It's and then to make it look more like Oogie Boogie as opposed to the icon. Mm-hmm. You know, I got okay. it. Good. I didn't hate it, um, but you know, it's not State Puff. Yeah. But I didn't hate it. Um, which you know, we get our State Puff fill in many State Puffs. <laughs> which I don't know how I feel about this. Okay. So like, I'm on the fence, and I want to get your opinion. Groot, everybody likes. Yep. And they made Baby Groot. Yoda, everybody likes. Now we have Baby Yoda, yep. a.k.a. Grogu. State Puff, everybody likes. Now we have little baby State Puffs, too. Aww, they're little State Puffs. Is this a trend that we're seeing? Like, part of this generation to get them on is to make a cute... Version of something. We had the Muppets, then we had the Muppet Babies. Exactly. Like, oh, if we're bringing something back, if we're rebooting, requeling, whatever we're we're doing, we need something little and cute. I think it's baby and cute form. Yes, because that will get the younger and girl generation on board. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't that kind of insulting to them? Like, this is how we're getting you on board, as opposed to, like, assuming that's what will get them on board instead no, of being like... I think everybody likes cute things. Yeah. 
You didn't like Baby Yoda? I Come did, on. but right, I mean, I have a life-size pop of him. That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, and I don't buy him any pops, so I had to have him. That's true. Um, but what were some of your favorite moments? Oh, my goodness. I loved all the stuff with the Ecto-1 and the little side car shooter mm-hmm. thing. That was cool. Uh, uh, loved the, all the returning cast member moments. Uh, the Annie Potts thing. I mean, Janine's like one of my favorites yeah. for some reason, so that was cool. I wish we had a little bit more of her. Yeah. Um, my goodness. The, of course, the stuff at the end with... Uh, with Egon. With Egon was... Uh really amazing uh i just read on here that ivan reitman was one of the body doubles for egon for egon isn't that awesome that is awesome yeah well this was also kind of their opportunity to say goodbye yeah because they really didn't get it yeah um back in 2014 they didn't get a chance to really say goodbye i mean him and murray buried the hatchet days before he actually died but this was a chance for them to say we miss you you know goodbye um which all three of those moments were improv what egon said to him was we miss you you know we miss you being here with us and bills was i thought you'd show up which is a very Vankman to Egon thing to say. Because, I mean, if you look back at the dialogue, they've had, like, you know, like, um, I'm going to owe you an apology, or... I blame myself. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, hey, Egon, how's school? <laughs> you know, that's something that Vankman would say to Egon. Is, I thought you'd show up. And Ray saying, I'm so sorry. I also loved that we got to see Gozer again, and they made a point to make it look exactly the same. Uh, That was Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. uh, Uncredited. Uncredited. Gozer. uh, Looked great. And I loved the moment, uh, are you a god? And they kind of look at each other. They all just look at Ray. And I said it. I was like, yes. (laughs) And then, of course, they said yes. Ray, we talked about this. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're all gods. We're all gods. Yeah, we're all very pretty special down here. Um, but, and also like such a Vankman, such a Bill Murray thing is after they've been flung to the car against the car, he just starts talking like, you know what? I thought we had figured this thing out. I thought you promised never to come back. I thought, you know, but here you are, you're crawling back. My friends say that you're bad for me, but you know, he's just talking to her, just improv and that's all Murray just kind of going. And what he's, what you don't realize he's doing is he's trying to distract Gozer, so Egon can get a shot off, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work. And he's like, huh, well, I thought it was worth a shot. <laughs> but, oh, God, man, I'm telling you, like, the moments that hit were emotional. Um, not as much like sad emotional, but like, God, there it is. Mm-hmm. There's the helmet that Vince, that Rick Moranis wore. Yeah. Um, Egon playing chess. The PKE meter in general, basically being a. And personified character, like you know, the after he died and the PK meter started going off after he died, I was like, "Oh no, he's stuck in the house." I was like, "Oh God!" Uh, and playing chess with her, yeah, that was awesome. I 
loved every minute of it, man, to be honest with you. And, you know, again, maybe it's because we've just been on this Ghostbusters kick mm-hmm. for the past several weeks. We've been in Ghostbusters mode. I figured I would enjoy the movie, right? Yeah. But I didn't expect that I would love it as much as I did. Yeah. Like, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it coming out on, mm-hmm. on Blu-ray and stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll get that one for sure. And it's open-ended. Sure. There are yeah. plans. Yeah. Uh, the way that Reitman and all them is like, yeah, there's plans. And why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, so let's talk about the post-credit scenes. Uh, what a cute, adorable way to set up the mid-credit scene, first of all, because your reaction when you when you uh, we talked about it, you were like, when they said and and with Sigourney Weaver, I was like, where did I miss? Rich said the exact same thing beside me <laughs> that you said when it said with Sigourney Weaver. Rich goes, where the hell was Sigourney Weaver? And then boom, in the is. in the mid credit scene, doing the electroshock to Vankman. That's probably the idea, like because nobody knew that everybody was gonna come back. It's like Sigourney Weaver. What? No, she wasn't. Boom! There she, there is, she is, right there, right when everybody's probably saying, "Where was she?" Yeah, and it was brilliant. My surprise. It was great, and it's the it's the the mid credit scene being that like her the old electroshock thing that he used to do it. Columbia and used to do this to your students? <laughs> uh, well, if we're going to admit some, uh, mostly did it to the guys. And she shocked him again. He's like, I deserved that. <laughs> uh, you've marked the cards, didn't you? Yeah, 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 I marked the cards. You know what would have been a cool moment? What's that? That I thought would have maybe added to it? Because there's some complaining, and it's not been retconned. It's, it's canon still. There's complaining that there weren't a lot of connections to two. That all of the oh yeah, back in nineteen eighty four there's the the haunting of New York, but they never mention what happened at the art museum in eighty nine. There's no mention of anything that happened in Ghostbusters two. Well, okay. The Titanic thing, was that the first one or the second one? That's the second one. Oh. But, like, uh-huh. they don't mention, like, oh, and then well, five the five years later. Well, the first was a lot more chaotic and mm-hmm. destructive. You know, yeah, a lot more and memorable. it's, you know, but, I mean, the toaster was in uh, in Egon's lab downstairs. The toaster was still there. I was like, that's part of two. Yeah. Um, but do you know who should have been standing behind Sigourney giving Vankman the answers? The dude he was shocking. No, Oscar. Oh, yeah. Oscar, it would have been really cool if they could have gotten the other brother mm-hmm. who played Oscar, like, standing behind him, like, mm-hmm. like three wavy lines. And and her just turn around and look at him. And, like, him just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not doing anything, Mom. Yeah. It would have been cool. They might be saving that if they yeah. do another one to they, bring him in. I think it would be... For that character, at least. Yeah. Because... Moving forward, you've got um, the post-credit scene, the actual after the credits, which um, I think doesn't just signify that there's more to come; it signifies that Ernie's going to be involved, especially. Yeah. Kind of like he, you realize, like, and I, I might be overthinking this, but he started this business, this finance business. I don't know what it is, but he's become a multimillionaire doing it. He's even bankrolling Ray's occult shop. And he 
buys back hook and ladder eight at the end and brings Ecto-1 back home. Which that moment alone, dude, seeing it go over the bridge into New York, wah, wah, chills. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's back where it belongs. Yeah. Um, him talking to Annie at the end about Egon, you know, she has the coin. They show you a deleted scene from the first one. Take this coin, and she's got she's twirling it. She goes, you know, and he talks about. He says, you know, Ray was the the passion of the Ghostbusters. Egon was the brains. Bankman was the glue. Well, what were you? Uh, what were you? What was the sex appeal, baby? And uh, it was great. And he was like, you know, I've I've been blessed. I've being a Ghostbuster taught me that I had the tools. I had the talent to do anything I, w- I wanted to do. I started this company with one other employee. And I may be overthinking this, but I feel like the financial, you would need an accountant. Uh-huh. I feel like, Our boy Lewis. I bet it was Lewis he started this company with. I may be overthinking and it. And that would be something that they could easily you know, fix later on if they yeah. couldn't get Rick Moranis to. Not for this one, but yeah. maybe he'll. Show oh, up. we weren't referring to him. Yeah, we weren't but referring it's to open Rick. Now so that it could be. Yeah, because yeah. you would need an accountant to start a financing business, and who's the best accountant you know? That would be incredible. I would lose my mind if they even just said his name, you know. So it looks like what the Ghost Core Universe, which there actually there were actually leaked emails years ago between Reitman, Aykroyd, and Sony. Did you hear about these these leaked emails? No. Well, it got leaked from Sony's servers by some hackers, and they were emails between Reitman, Dan Aykroyd, and the uh, the suits at Sony. And Aykroyd and Reitman wanted a GCU, a Ghost Core universe. And you know, it kind of fell apart a little bit after 2016's debacle. Yeah. But they've also said it's not out of the picture, you know, just because that didn't work, you know, and now with afterlife success, (laughs) and with afterlife success, the GCU can still be built, but... Part of me doesn't want my precious franchise to be ruined by a universe. I think it would be great if they kept going. I'm here for it. In whatever manner. Um, Especially if they continue after Afterlife. Like, with cameos, you know, with originals. Not newbies. You know, Ernie training the next generation. Or something like that. The characters we just met, and maybe some new ones as well. Maybe Oscar comes back and is a Ghostbuster. Um, Or what if they don't? What if they just end it like like this? And and I'd still be okay with it. Maybe they should. And keep everybody happy. Yeah. Or most people. Well, you can't keep 100% of people happy 100% of the time. This is true. This is true. But if you weren't happy with Ghostbusters Afterlife, then there is no pleasing you. There's no hope for you whatsoever. There isn't. 
because it was just fantastic. I know. I mean, and they didn't like completely rehash the first one. It was Zul's revenge. It was Zul. It was Gozer's revenge. Mm -hmm. And how how poetic was it though? Like you know, rest in peace to Harold. That he was like Gozer's like this is the one I can get revenge on. The others are gone. This is the one that's been keeping me at bay this entire time. And I got him. You know, so now there's not a whole line of defense anymore. The others are gone, and I got Egon, so here's my chance. But these meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just great, man. Um, it's beautiful, and as I said, and I'm sure you saw, it was a love letter to us. Yeah. And to Harold. Yeah. And to even his dad, Ivan. It was beautifully done. Um, this may never hit his ears, but Jason Reitman, thank you. Yeah. Um, and that, this, um, you know how The Force Awakens attempted to, you know, they wanted to revitalize. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. They did it, but... And and Independence Day tried to do it. And it's very popular these days to revitalize franchises as opposed to creating new franchises. Right. This. Because nostalgia. This is the bar, in my eyes. This is how you do it for us, the old fans. And you did it right by new fans, too. Yep. Because as you said, one of your students is like, I've never seen the first two, but... I didn't have to. Yep. They rehashed it for me. They showed me YouTube clips and these characters, and I got to meet the Ghostbusters through that in a small little way of exposition. Yep. Not having to go back and watch it, which if that student, particular student is listening to this, I do implore you, go back and watch them. Oh, I, I told her that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is the bar now. For re revitalizing a franchise. I agree. And I agree. if Star Wars is to be revitalized, give it to Favreau. <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Filoni. Give it to Filoni and Favreau. Filoni. Please, if you're going to revitalize, as you've been slowly doing with Mandalorian, let them keep it. They 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 can set that pace, but the Rightmans proved yet again they are the right men for the job of Ghostbusters. In my eyes, I give it I give it a nine out of ten because I never give anything a ten out of ten. Yeah. Um, nothing's perfect ever. I mean, it's just unfair to make anything a ten out of ten in my eyes. And if you're given a ten out of ten, then you won't work at work for because there is no eleven. I will also give it a 9 out of 10. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what did you all think? I know that most of our our uh, dear friends um, had, you know, they've been saying it. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you want to listen to more Ghostbuster content, uh, go check out Three Fat Nerds. Uh, they just did an afterlife uh, discussion. Um, go check that out. Uh, they, it's a great episode. Uh, huge shout out to Rich. Uh, and if you can, if you um, if you go to uh, 
if you go online, we've uh, we've discussed it in previous episodes. Uh, pick up a copy of Tobin's Spirit Guide while you're while you're oh, on yeah. while you're online. If you've got friends or family that is a Ghostbusters fanatic with Christmas coming around the corner, a copy of Tobin's Spirit Guide will truly make them smile. Yeah, to have it on their nightstand or in a sleeve or in a shadow box. And you can look up yeah. uh, characters such as Gozer. Gozer. You can even such look up Zool. Zool and Vince. You can even and look up Vigo. Vigo the Carpathian. Command me, Lord. <laughs> the baby. <laughs> and you will be the mother. The mother. And there are great perks to being the mother of a living God. <laughs> uh, so it'll be interesting to see if it's if this is it. If this was the farewell, if this was the farewell to the franchise that initially was supposed to happen. Um, but knowing so- Sony and how much they like money, I would be shocked if this is the end. It it may be the f- it may not be the farewell to Ghostbusters, but it is the farewell for now mm-hmm. of Ghostbusters for us here at Thirty and Nerdy. Yeah. After a month, you've had your Ghostbusters I've had month. I've had my Ghostbusters month. And it's been wonderful. It has and, been. And uh, we're moving on. Absolutely. Christmas moving on time. To Christmas time. It's December. Uh, it is the, the home stretch of season three. We've got a heck of a December planned. Uh, our next episode is going to be about the cult classics of Christmas. Alliteration. Everyone loves alliteration in a tile. title. Don't oh, you? Yeah. There's nothing like it. some good alliteration. The triple C's of... 30 and Nerdy, Cult Christmas Classics. Uh, so send us some of your favorite Cult Christmas Classics. Now, we've al- already discussed off-air that there's probably some that personally I would disagree with. Personally, you might disagree with. For but sure. The term Cult Classic doesn't mean an individual makes it not one. It's cult. Yeah. It's massive. Um, so we're going to be talking about movies like A Christmas Story, Home Alone, things like that. So, The, 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 the Grinch. The Grinch. Uh, oh, dream roll right there. Me too. We're, have, you noticed that, have you noticed that as we're getting older, our dream rolls are starting to get more similar? The Venn diagram yeah. of the Tyler and the Josh yeah. rolls. It used to be so separate, yeah. and now it's like... It's because we're getting old. Yeah, character is more fun yeah. when you get older. Yeah, the Grinch is, is on my list too. Yeah. But my 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 list is really short. Now. Oh no, no. I understand. You're just mine's getting shorter. But that, that one's on there. My new mentality is I won't do a show just to do a show anymore. There you go. I'll do it if I feel it can stretch my legs. If I can learn something new. And an opportunity. An opportunity. And with this past show I learned um how to not show emotion. You know, I told you Sherlock was emotionless, like he wasn't dead in the face, but it's like learning how to do that while memorizing crap ton of lines and be the greatest detective. Like, I knew that, oh, I'll learn something new here. But my new my new thing is I'm not going to do a show just to do a show. I made that decision many, many years ago. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot less opportunity for burnout, yep. <laughs> uh, which is good. But anyway, no, yes. we're not going to be burned out on Christmas because no. Christmas is just starting here at 30. It is. Cult it is. Christmas classics. Maybe uh, going to talk some Batman at some point. Mm-hmm. Is, is, it, is, it a is it a Christmas movie? Is Batman yeah. Returns a Christmas movie? Why not? We'll, we'll, we'll have that discussion at a later date. 
And uh, do you want to go ahead and tell them about the finale to get them prepared? Oh, I do, but I feel like we've forgotten something. There's another one in December, is there not? Oh, <coughs> yeah. We're gonna talk. We're gonna be celebrating the twentieth anniversary. Oh yeah, Fellowship, Fellowship of, the of the Ring. Okay, that's it. Uh, yeah, but our grand finale uh, is going to be all about Stan Lee, the late great, the legend, Stan Lee Lieberman. Um, and I'm currently uh, in engulfed in lots of literature yes. about Stan Lee, doing my research, doing my reading, learning all about the man. And uh, we're going to talk all about him for I'm our excited, big man. finale. I'm excited. And I think there's a, this it's the best way to end season three. Uh, we're going to be talking about that legend. Um, so uh, we'll be posting um, a video here on our YouTube and our Facebook. Uh, before we recorded this episode, we had a nice little science experiment of making ectoplasm. It was great fun. In honor of closing out Ghostbusters Month. Uh, so look. Be looking for that, and while you're at it, uh, go to 30nerdypodcast.com. Uh, you can keep up to date on the show, on episodes that you may have missed, on sponsors of the show, friends of the show, and you can also go to our directory and find all of our social media. So do that, and uh, again, don't forget to leave a rating and review. And uh, man, it's been a great month. So great. Awesome. I'm glad you've had fun. I've had fun too. Good. It's been enlightening. And it's been fun seeing you so energized, energized. about Ghostbusters. And now I'm not going to give a crap about any episode for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you, nerds. Uh, cheers to you. Uh, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Be safe out there. And uh, the holidays are coming. So love one another and be kind. Cheers to you, nerds. I believe that we were destined to get thrown out of this dump. For what purpose? To go into business for ourselves. <laughs>